What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Jesse Strauss. We're going to San Francisco now to catch up on some of the city's latest in what appear to be scandalous termination lawsuits. We'll start with the San Francisco Sheriff's Department rehiring a former deputy who had been fired after being found to have forced prisoners into a fight club, who also cost the city $280,000 in settlements. Then we'll talk through an $835,000 settlement for a former prosecutor in the San Francisco District Attorney's Office who was fired in 2020. Joining us to discuss is Eleni Balakrishnan, a San Francisco reporter focused on policing with the nonprofit newsroom, Mission Local. Eleni, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's, it's our pleasure. Let's start with the Sheriff's Department rehiring Scott New. For folks who are brand new to the story, he was fired in 2015. That's a long time ago now. Can you describe what he was fired for and how we learned and proved that he was part of this scandal? Yeah, so some clients of the public defender's office, inmates in the San Francisco County Jail, told their public defenders uh, that they were being made to fight other inmates, uh, do push-ups for food, and while deputies uh, orchestrated by Deputy Scott New were taking bets on the winners. Um, So the public defender's office actually exposed it in 2015. Through their investigation, uh, they they learned from the inmates that they were told to give various excuses, like that they fell, that New said that he would beat them or or mace them um, in order to get them to fight each other. And then the city has paid out uh, something like $280,000 in settlements as a result of the violence that he encouraged and created. Can you talk us through some of those settlements? Yes. Um, So there were various settlements. Um, A couple of them were from the Fight Club. Um, That was kind of the name that it was given at the time. Uh, One detainee got $60,000 in 2018. Another one of the inmates um, who was in that original uh, situation got about $90,000 in 2016. But there were also previous settlements that uh, the city was made to pay out because of um, alleged wrongdoing by Scott New. Um, He was accused of sexual assault by three detainees um, in San Francisco jails from 2004 to 2008, and they paid out $95,000 for that case. Um, And there was also a previous case in 2006 where New allegedly punched and kicked an inmate in his cell, left him with two broken ribs. And that was a pretty egregious case, egregious case, but he actually wasn't disciplined or criminally charged in that case. Is it normal in the San Francisco Sheriff's Department that uh, essentially a prison guard would beat a prisoner to the point of leaving them with broken ribs and not disciplining or charging them in any way? I don't know about normal, uh, but it, it seems like that was the situation at the time. Um, the The department didn't seem to think that that, you know, warranted any sort of discipline. Um, clearly that when other allegations came to light, uh, Sheriff Mirkarimi did see it fit to 
to terminate new, but um, yeah, it's, it's very concerning. Okay, so on top of new getting terminated, he was also criminally charged by the former district attorney Gascon in 2016 with 17 criminal counts. Uh, obviously, if he were, if if those charges were pursued, there may be a different outcome today in terms of him getting rehired for his job. But what happened with these criminal charges? Yeah, so that was a also strange when the charges were actually dropped because the evidence that was held on um, someone from the sheriff's department's laptop was actually destroyed. Um, they they said that their protocol at the time when they had a computer virus was to smash the laptop with a hammer. Which, of course, um, of course, that's how we all deal with the computer virus when we're frustrated with our computer, right? Yeah, naturally. Um, so apparently they smashed the laptop with um, evidence uh, with a hammer and therefore the case had to be dropped, um, which was also kind of a crazy twist. It's 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 absurd. So we're talking about things up up to now. We're talking about things that happened kind of in the early mid 2000s up until 2015 and 2016. Walk us through what's happening right now. So since then, I mean, as with most um, a lot of law enforcement, uh, when they're terminated, do appeal the decision. It happens pretty often. Um, The sheriff's department um, or the sheriff's union, sorry, has an agreement with the city and written into that contract is this process of binding arbitration, um, which basically is just a process outside of the regular court system to, you know, dispute termination cases, things like that. And so New and the union successfully compelled the city to participate in binding arbitration that was granted in 2021 and then a bit later he had a he had his appeal hearing in august of 2023 um, and the arbitrator decided to reduce his termination to just a 90-day suspension so does that mean and and i know at the point that your article was published around this there maybe wasn't clarity but if termination went to a 90-day suspension and that termination happened in 2015, is is New going to get back pay? So I unfortunately still have not confirmed that. The city attorney's office has still not confirmed this as recently as this morning. Um, but that is often how it works. If, if he was, you know, if it was determined that he was wrongfully terminated, um, a lot of officers who are who get their jobs back through arbitration to get back pay. And just to be clear, this was a sheriff's officer who was being paid at the time that he got fired $177,000 a year. So that would be quite a hefty sum if he does get back pay. But I'm wondering, so he's getting uh, offered the chance to be placed back in his previous job. Are there any mechanisms that would give any kind of stronger oversight on him in this position. This is a this is a guy who we know and is undisputed to have caused a whole wide variety of violence around and against San Francisco County Jail inmates, right? Um, that's right. So there are 
you know, there's the a new sheriff. Um, there are laws that have passed. For example, um, there's now a, a process for decertification. Um, that was what current public defender Mano Raju called for uh, the sheriff to look into decertifying Scott New, even though he will be reinstated into his position. But that I, I believe that process can begin. Um, we also have a new sheriff's oversight board in San Francisco that's still coming together, but uh, our first inspector general has just been hired um, just last month. And so there, there are new checks in place, hopefully, that can prevent something like this from happening again. Well, we will hope that for any people who are being held in San Francisco County jails, that none of this will be happening. But this news of his reinstatement doesn't give me the most optimism around that. It's time we got to move on to our other story now. This one is about a frustrating termination settlement in San Francisco. Jeffrey Paylett was an investigator for the San Francisco District Attorney's Office while Chesa Boudin was there um, in 2020. He was fired in 2020 for his problematic involvement in a police shooting case. Can you talk us through why he was originally fired? And then we'll explore the settlement. Well, uh, Paylet said that um, attorneys working on the Sean Moore shooting investigation case used misleading information to draft a search warrant. Uh, Paylet was an investigator who worked on search warrants and managed other investigators in writing those warrants. He said that the attorneys were, you know, politically motivated to open this case and file charges against the police officer who shot Sean Moore in 2017. Uh, and he made, he made allegations that it's, it's difficult to verify one way or another, but he said that exculpatory information was left out of the warrants and that he was made to comply and basically issue these warrants that he didn't believe were legitimate. Um, and then he said that since he disputed that uh, while working at the DA's office, that he was fired. So he was being essentially punished by Chesed Boudin's leadership for questioning the motives of, of how the investigation was going, correct? That's Yeah, that's what he said. Okay, so I understand that in lawsuits, we often see settlements not because anyone is admitting right or wrong, but because it would be cheaper to settle a case than to bring it to court. In this case, the settlement is for $835,000. Is it correct that the city is saying that it would be cheaper to settle for that amount than to take it to court? That is what they said. They said that it's an appropriate resolution given the cost of continued litigation, which is kind of the line that they often use after a settlement has been reached. Um, yeah, so it is a pretty hefty settlement. Well, and I'm wondering if you have thoughts about what this settlement says about the prosecutorial situation with Kenneth Cha. Ken Kenneth Cha was the officer who shot and killed Sean Moore. Well, it was a highly controversial case. Um, Chesa Boudin filed the first ever homicide cases against on-duty police officers that are known in modern San Francisco history. And he only filed 
a couple of those, um, but there was a huge backlash to that. And one of those cases was the Sean Moore case. Um, He was shot on his front steps and died in 2020, uh, around the time Boudin took office. And, you know, there was a huge pushback um, against him taking any sort of action like this against the police department. And I think that is kind of at the heart of this debate. Paylet himself said that Boudin was politically motivated in trying to file these warrants, um, which kind of became the party line for Boudin's opponents to call you know, all of his actions politically motivated. And um, yeah, so when when Boudin fired inve- this investigator, I think that that was definitely part of the reasoning, I, w- I would think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eleni. We're going to have to leave it there for the sake of time, but I want to thank you for your reporting, which has been so consistent around San Francisco policing issues. Thank you so much. And we've been in conversation with Eleni Balakrishnan, a San Francisco reporter focused on policing with nonprofit newsroom Mission Local. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>